Hello and welcome to Piece by Piece, the podcast where we piece together what makes a world without violence. While we don't always see it, gender-based violence is all around us. At ANOVA, we believe in a future without violence. But what does a future without violence look like? And how do we get there? My name is Dr. Annalise Trudell, and I'm your host. This week's episode, Bystander Intervention. Now, we want to give you some real practical tools in this episode. So my colleague Allison will be joining us to kind of give you a basic intro to the 5Ds approach to bystander intervention. But I want to compel you in this intro to the why of this, why this matters. So we know from some really robust research at this point that 71% of street harassment, so really public moments of sexual violence, have a witness, but that witness does not help. They don't take it on as requiring their responsibility, or they don't perhaps even see it as being harm. And so 71% of the time, there's an opportunity for that violence and that harm moment to be decreased by a bystander intervening and supporting the target, creating more options or creating a sense of validation through verbalizing that post-event. So we want you to be that person, and we're going to give you the tools in that toolbox to do that on this episode. Give a listen. Welcome, Allison. You continue to return to the podcast, which I love. (laughs) Thank you for having me back. Of course. So we're talking bystander intervention, and this is a really practical episode. So you were going to literally have five tools in your toolbox walking out of the next 15, 20 minutes. So let's just take a quick moment to address what is bystander intervention? What are we actually talking about? So it's when we find ourselves witnessing a moment, um, mostly of sexual violence that we're talking about here. So witnessing a moment of sexual violence that needs to be stopped or changed, and that you actually take the responsibility for creating that change. So you're the intervener and you take that on. Now, there's a couple of things that come into your calculus as you go into thinking about taking on responsibility of that. So if there are more people around, you are less likely to take that responsibility because you have this internal bias that you presume someone else will. So naming that to just acknowledge that actually the likelihood that someone else will is minimal. So we might want to step into that responsibility taking. And the other sort of calculus that often comes into our minds is the cost. I don't mean dollars. I mean the sense of, you know, if you do intervene, is there a social cost to that? If you're in the context of a group where they know you, do you come across as like frankly less cool, but also is there a cost in terms of your possible safety? And so that really is where I want to land in the sense of bystander intervention has two goals. And if you remember anything of what I'm saying, remember these, which is you want to create more options for the person who's being targeted in terms of sexual violence, but you also want to ensure your personal safety. So that cost should never come to bear as it relates to personal safety when you are doing that calculus. So two goals, create more options for the person being targeted and ensure your personal safety. Now I'm going to turn it over to Allison to walk through the tools that help create those options for the target. What are they? Yeah, so um, a lot of the literature, there are different like mnemonic devices um, to help you remember. We use the five D's model. Um, So there are uh, sort of five different options, five tools that you have in your uh, toolbox. Um, Some of them you can sort of, they work in tandem together. Um, 
that can help you uh, in that sort of moment or afterwards um, increase options for the survivor or the, the person being targeted. So the five Ds are distract, delegate, delay, direct, and document. And we are going to talk through what each of those means. Um, so distract, the first D is really to kind of um, approach the problem and create a moment of distraction long enough to allow the target to leave the situation. And that's, that's up to them, right? Um, so distraction is really nice because um, it's quite low risk. Um, you can literally just kind of go in there and, you know, hey, do you do you have the time? Can you help me get to this street? Do you know when this bus is coming? Um, like there are there are lots of different just sort of questions you can ask um, that create that kind of moment of distraction. And then the person being targeted has just a little bit more space to um, to leave, to text someone, um, to just catch their breath. Um, but again, it's about increasing options for them, not making them do anything. So if they don't leave and and that's sort of what, what you've done and, and that's as much as you're comfortable with, um, we always wanna make sure that they still have the autonomy to, you know, to make decisions for themselves. So in terms of distract, quick examples that always come to my mind are things like asking for the time, asking for directions, anything that is sort of like platonic small talk that sort of creates a moment of pause and redirect in the focus seems to work. Yeah. So um, distraction is great. And we're remembering that we are not trying to rescue anyone. That's not the goal of bystander intervention. We are just providing them more options. And then the target has um, a little bit more time to sort of make some decisions there. The second D is delegate. So that is where you can approach someone uninvolved and ask them to sort of step in. Um, delegate can be great in a, a number of different situations. Um, sometimes you, you know, if you're just like getting on the bus and you're seeing something and you have no context for what's going on, um, you could ask someone who, who's, you know, been on the bus longer, you can go up to the bus driver and let them know. Um, so delegate can be going towards someone with more power in the situation, like a bus driver, a bartender, a bouncer, um, or it can just be approaching someone else that's also a bystander and sort of bringing them into the fold. Um, I've heard, you know, sometimes men get anxious about intervening. They worry that, um, you know, especially if the person being targeted is a woman and they're being targeted by a man, um, another man might worry that he's maybe making the situation worse, that it's just one more man sort of in her space. Um, and so delegate can be great in those situations where you can sort of get a woman involved, right? Um, another bystander, loop her in. Um, and so um, delegate is helpful for um, if there's someone with more power, but also uh, if for whatever reason, identity moments, um, whatever it is that you feel like someone else might be um, feel safer, um, delegate can be good for that. So 
important point to remember is that we are always staying safe, right? Our own personal safety is uh, also really important. And so you can, you know, reach out, call for help um, if it does seem too risky to sort of get personally involved. Um, but we're, we're, we're going to press pause on calling the police. Mm, and why might that be? So um, the police uh, can be an important resource, um, particularly if, uh, you know, a, a crime is being committed. Um, but for lots of people in the community, police do not add to the feeling of safety. Um, and so that is true for um, the person who might be sort of doing the targeting, but it also might be true for the person who's being targeted. And if our goal is to increase their options, um, then bringing the police in might do the exact opposite of that for them. So we just wanna be really, really cautious um, and not jump to the police too quickly. Mm -hmm. It might sort of feel like an escalation where for the target, they want a de-escalation in and out for sure. Okay, third D. The third D is delay. So this one feels maybe not like an intervention, but it still counts and I'll tell you why. So delay is when you check up on the person after the situation has passed. It's not always possible if you are witnessing a thing that's happening sort of in the streets and you don't know anyone involved, then it's going to be really difficult to check in on them afterwards. Um, but if you witness something, you know, at work or at school um, with people that you see every day um, or with friends or family even, um, sometimes things happen so quickly that we might not know how to respond in that moment. We might sort of freeze um, or by the time we realize that, you know, something was said or done, the moment has kind of passed. Um, and so delay can still be helpful. Uh, because you are not interrupting the, the moment, but you might be able to interrupt some of that kind of downward spiral that can happen afterwards when people have experienced um, being, being targeted, um, where they might wonder, like, did I do something wrong? Should I have said something differently? Should I have done something differently? Um, and by saying like, hey, I saw what happened. I heard what happened. That wasn't, that wasn't okay. Are you okay? Is there anything I can do? Um, to support you, that can still be really powerful and helpful, even if it comes after the fact. It would decrease the sense of like you were alone in that. And it would also possibly name it for somebody who's still struggling with the emotion of what all just played out. So for sure, helpful. Yes, absolutely. The fourth D is an interesting one. Yeah. So the fourth D is direct. And so this is what a lot of us probably think of when we think about bystander intervention. Um, for younger folks, you might have learned bystander intervention in school, whether that is sort of like upstander or like say something or see something, say something. Lots of little like quips that we teach young children. Um, and most of them are sort of like taking this direct approach. So you are approaching the problem and sort of referring to it directly when confronting the people involved. Um, the way that we sometimes do direct can sometimes escalate the situation. 
So it's really important to remember, always holding center to our goals, that we are staying safe for ourselves and increasing options for the target. So the goal of a direct approach is not to confront the perpetrator. It's not to have a sort of like mic drop moment with them um, or to tell them off. A direct approach is going up to um, going up to the situation and ideally going up to the target and saying like, hey, are you okay? And so you might tell the person who's doing the targeting, like, you know, leave them alone. That's not okay. You might have sort of a line um, that you draw a boundary for them, but then you are turning your whole focus away from them. And I also, I know you're listening to me not right now and not looking at me, but I also like your whole body, like your whole vibe turns away from them mm-hmm. to the target. Um, and you are saying like, Hey, are you okay? Do you need me to call someone? Um, do you want to walk with me? Can I wait with you? Depending on what the situation is. Um, so you're directly referring to it, but you're really talking to the target and providing them with options, not confronting the perpetrator. Something I've heard you say in the past that was always some really helpful for me too, is that you're really, you're coming at it like curiously, not accusingly. And so, yes, you may set the boundary for the perpetrator, but you're really like, Hey, are you okay? Can I help? Like that curious space and not trying to be the bearer of justice. Yes, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta watch your fight face. So the fifth D is document. Um, And this one can be tricky. This one is just, you know, none of these are appropriate in every single situation. We want to give you lots of tools so that you can pick and choose. Um, And document is certainly one of those where um, it's just not always appropriate, not always relevant, Um, but sometimes it is. So we want to tell you about it. Um, Document is where you are taking, you know, a picture, a video uh, of the situation as it's unfolding, or you're sort of like making a note of it, you know, like in the notes app on your phone um, in order to have that documentation. Um, so if it's sort of a photo or a video, um, we've all seen these, right? These things can go viral online, um, where something is going on in a very public place and someone starts to film it. Um, in those kind of moments, the goal is not to make a viral video. Um, the goal is to, after the situation has sort of concluded, um, after there is more of a sense of safety, um, you you go to the person being targeted and you ask them what they want done with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a form of evidence that they then have in their own hands. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So we are not... Um, we are not just starting to live stream something that we see going down um, because we want to increase options, right? And someone being filmed without their consent while they're being targeted for something is not increasing their options. So some tips for documenting, Um, keep a safe distance. Um, If you can film like street signs or other landmarks that help kind of identify the location, Um, say the date and time, so, so that it's sort of time stamped with your voice right there in the video. And then again, always making sure that we're asking the person who's being targeted what they want to do with the footage afterwards. And if they say like, I don't want anything to do with that footage, like that was a terrible moment in my life and I, I want nothing to do with that, then we're deleting that. We're respecting that decision. Okay. 
That was a quick go at the five Ds. So just a reminder, those were distract, delegate, delay, direct, and document. And, you know, I want to really emphasize a few takeaways on this, that there really isn't a wrong choice. So based on your own identity, you might lean towards a particular D, a particular tool. So for me, I would probably rarely do direct just for my own sense of safety in this. Um, But there's also, you know, different circumstantial things. So if it's a real stranger on a streetscape, that might look very different than if you're at a house party. Um, So no wrong choice in terms of which tool you use. And there's different tools in the toolbox, of course. And then perhaps demoralizing, but also really important to validate, you will not stop everything. This is not sort of, you know, the Justice League where you're taking on uh, a hero mentality and really trying to protect and save the world. Although that is perhaps well-intentioned, Our goal here is to, yes, decrease sexual violence in particular, but you cannot be the bearer of all of that. Thank you, Allison. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Shameless plug. Allison runs Bystander Trainings. So if you're listening to this and you're part of a group or an organization and this sort of got your appetite going, but you know that you need more context. So perhaps that context is stuff like, how do I recognize those moments where intervention might be helpful? If you know, you might be in a particular workplace environment where you have a particular role, how can we situate particular case studies that would match how you show up and what tools you might be using? That's the kind of tailored training that we can provide. So make sure you go check out our website, reach out if you'd like that. And as always, folks, thanks for listening in. Piece by Piece is a production of ANOVA, a future without violence. ANOVA is on social media, and you can learn more about Piece by Piece and ANOVA at www.anovafuture.org. A reminder that if you need to talk, please call our 24-hour crisis and support line at 1-800-265-1576. Our sexual assault counselors are available for virtual appointments, and our shelters are open. We're here for you. A special thank you to Naji Naim Zada for technical production. Emma Richard for visual content creation. And music for this podcast is from the album Sweet and Joyful by Crowander, the track humming. Music access downloaded and used under Creative Commons license by freemusicarchive.org. See you next time.